Thanks for tuning in. This is Matt Santos of the Mile High Show. You are listening to episode 160, and I am going to apologize right off the bat. Uh, This was recorded about three weeks or so ago with uh, my guest today, Justin Tejan, while we were driving up to Las Vegas. So we recorded this in the uh, Mile High Show mobile studios, that that maroonish, reddish, pinkish van I drive, uh, while we were traveling down the I-40 slash Route 66 on our way to Las Vegas. Now, this our, our most previous, uh, most recent episode was 159 with Brant Tobler to talk about his book Free Roll that we recorded. Both Justin and I recorded with Brant in his room at the MGM Grand just an hour or so before he took the stage at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at the MGM in Vegas. Um, on our way out there from Chino Valley up to Vegas, just kind of on a lark, Justin and I plugged in uh, our little recorder there and recorded this episode. My goal was to put it up immediately following Brant's episode, but uh, I, quite frankly, I got a little lazy. I, I've been working a lot at night, so my nights have been pounded uh, because I've been keeping my days fairly free because uh, my son has been off the last couple of weeks from school. My son, Anthony, who uh, is eight years old and a second grader at Mingus Springs Charter School in Chino Valley, uh, they're on their winter break for just a little over two weeks. So uh, he goes back in a couple of days, but I've cleared my calendar for the most part during the day so that I can spend some time with Anthony. And then that meant working at night and uh, not a lot of time to record uh, episodes. So we're going to catch up again. Uh, uh, with getting some recording uh, done over the next couple of weeks and get back on track. But hey, what I did, this is a... The goal here is for the Mile High Show to be a weekly show. And I just figured it out. Our first launch was just over three years ago in December of... uh, December of 2014. So you figure... 52 weeks a year, three years, that's 156. Am I doing my math right? 156 episodes is what our target is, and this, uh, three years later, is 160. So we're right on target for one a week. Uh, we've had some special drops, uh, some some weeks where we've done more than one, and we've had, of course, like similar to the last few weeks, weeks where we haven't had any. But uh, I think we're on target, and especially since this is all free, uh, you know, uh, take what you get. Uh, I enjoy doing it. I, I like I said, I've I've been uh, a little lazy in getting them out the past few weeks, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna change that going forward uh, in 2018. Got a couple fun ones planned up, and uh, some more trips down to uh, down to Phoenix. We've got a trip planned back to L.A. and uh, uh, up to Northern California as well. So we're going to get some recording done in in the next few months on the road, having some fun. Now, again, Justin Tejan, he is a he is the guest for today's 160 episode. He is a Phoenix-based comic who uh, grew up in Tucson, spent a little time in Vegas, and now resides in the Phoenix area. Uh, he, uh, we asked him to plug some of his shows, and again, I apologize, at the end of the episode, he plugs his once-weekly show every Thursday night at 9.30 at Spinelli's Pizza in Tempe on Mill Avenue. 
Uh, that's a 9.30 show, book show with an open mic that follows, and he has some of the local... Uh, some of the great local comics on there, as well as some of the up-and-comers, uh, the open micers following. That is every Thursday at 9.30 at Spinelli's Pizza. There's a link to that in our show notes, so click on that, uh, along with links to Justin's Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram feed. So you can follow Justin's career, follow his shows, as well as take a look at his uh, his photography. He's an avid photographer. He's got a great eye. We talk a little bit about that. But anyway, at the end of the show, I ask him to plug some of the shows. And since we did record this about three weeks ago, uh, the shows he mentioned at the Crescent Ballroom uh, and uh, and uh, House of Comedy in Arizona, uh, House of Comedy AZ in Phoenix uh, have, have since passed. So, Justin, I apologize for that. Again, I was lazy in getting this show up. But uh, follow Justin on Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so you can find out where he's performing, and uh, and go out and support that uh, support local comedy. There's uh, some great artists out there, not just the comedy, local music, local arts of any kind, local dramatic arts. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff out in your community. Uh, go out and experience it. Some of it won't be for you. Some of it's not for me. Uh, some of it uh, is uh, is. Uh, is pretty specific, but go out and, and encourage these folks to express themselves. We've got some some great music open mics up here in the Prescott area and some great uh, musicians who just plug in and set up a mic and a stool and, and perform at restaurants and coffee shops. Get out there and experience some of that. Go out and check out some of the uh, some of the storefronts and restaurants that hang local artists' uh, work on their walls. Um You'd be surprised at the talent that's out there if you're not already familiar with it. So one of those talented individuals is Justin Tejan, our our guest today on 160 of the Mile High Show, recorded in the vehicle, driving up the 40 as we headed to Vegas. So uh, sit back and enjoy. We'll hear about Justin's photography. We'll hear about his his aspirations in college. Uh, we'll hear a little bit about his disability, muscular dystrophy, that apparently he knows nothing about other than how to use it to get out of uh, out of uh, traffic tickets. So sit back, enjoy my conversation with Justin Tejan, and uh, go out, experience some fun, have a good time, relax. If you have kids, spend time with them. That's what I did this past couple of weeks. And even though we didn't get any podcasts out, I wouldn't have traded it for anything um, five days during the week and uh, and all weekend hanging out with an eight-year-old there is uh, nothing like that to uh, to energize you so uh, Justin thanks for sitting down in the car with me and enjoy my talk on on the highway with Justin Tejan how's that sound is that all right yep sounds good Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to wear. You can wear them if you want. I don't care. Uh, whatever. What's that S for? Seligman. Oh. Cruising down Route 66. So this is a homecoming for you, huh? Going back, back to, Vegas? to Vegas? I mean, I guess. When were you out there? What years? Uh, I don't know. 2012. Tw- oh, okay. How old are you? 29. 29? Yeah. Man. Um, Got to be 30 in March. March. You're old. You sure about that? I'm, a, <laughs> I'm young because I have a young kid at home. He's only eight. 
Oh, so you're saying all I got to do is get... No, they, you get older then. See, all my buddies have kids that are, uh, like, grown. They have grandkids already. Yeah. But I, I'm young because I got an eight-year-old. So when did you start doing comedy? What year? I don't know, 2014. It's been, yeah. like, four years. So... Grew yeah, up uh, well, two, yeah. Tucson. Yeah, Tucson. What uh, is that? Born and raised there? Or? Yeah, yeah. I went to uh, everything through college. Yeah, there. What's family situation like? Brothers and sisters? What do you got? Uh, I got a sister. Her name's Sedona. And Sedona. Uh, she, yeah, she lives in Boise with oh, yeah? her fiance. Oh, nice. Oh, I think I've seen pictures of her on like your Instagram and stuff. Uh, yeah, probably. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So why, uh, why'd you start doing comedy? What, what, mm-hmm. what got you the nerve to get up there and do it? Uh, a lot of my friends were like, when you insult me, you cheer me up. <laughs> and so I was like, well, that's kind of cool. I take a, po- a negative into a positive. And then, um, I also met another guy that like I was completely in character when I met him, and he was like, dude, you were put on this earth to do something in comedy. <laughs> so I started doing that, and then also I would watch, like, Comedy Central, and, like, probably everyone else, I thought, well, I'm funnier than this guy. <laughs> Who were you watching when you were a kid? Were you a big comedy fan growing up? Uh, not really. No? I was really into Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah. Um, Joe Coy. Yeah. He's a Vegas guy, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I think he's from Vegas. Yeah, uh, Steve Simone, we were talking about before. He's uh, I've gotten to know him pretty well. Yeah, from the store, and he comes through uh, House of Comedies, like his his Phoenix Club. He plays at every year, but he toured with uh, with Iglesias for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, I saw he did. I think he did a a bit about Willy Wonka on his stand up revolution. Yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. That Steve. I like him a lot. What? Uh, who were? Who would you start up with in Tucson? Uh, no one. Cause, no one. So I mean, I started doing comedy in Tucson, but while I lived in Vegas, yeah. so I would go go see my parents, and I would do comedy down there because that's where I grew up, so I was comfortable there. But it was like a month or two in between each time. Gotcha. So I don't really count that time. That you know, the time I started down there, I started uh, in in when I moved to Phoenix. I started there. I did stand up Scottsdale. I did the side room, and I remember. uh, I don't remember who. Oh, I I remember some guy went on uh, before me, and he just killed the crowd. Like it was all about, uh, you know, he did a joke about how about the morgue or something and he just completely killed the crowd <laughs> and uh but it didn't like i didn't really think of it that much and i i brought i went up and brought the crowd back which was weird because that was like my first time doing it <laughs> i did a joke about how instead of going to the gym we should just stay home and <laughs> and so that was my first joke my first bit <laughs> burning calories that way right and then the last week i did uh the week after that i did a joke about uh chicks and yoga pants <laughs> you know and how yoga pants have a weight limit and stuff 
And so uh, there's the, the owner of a bar, uh, McFadden's in Glendale. And he was like, why don't you come and party? Because he had like an employee night, something. Yeah. That's why he was there. So he was there with a bunch of chicks. That's that one out by Stir Crazy? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, why don't you come back and party with us? And I was like, all right. And I did. I don't know why I didn't think. I, I was like, I'll drink. So I'm not going to drive. I'll just go with you guys in your van, which was a bad idea because I had nowhere to stay. I was going to say, how'd you get home? <laughs> yeah. Well, I went with a comic and he was like, I'll stay. You know, at the end of the night, he was like, I'll stay here. You can have my money and you can take a cab back. And I was like, all right. Uh, I was $7 short on the cab. The cab was like 87 and I, I only had 80 Um. Then the night after that, I did uh, a joke about because the first two times I took I asked my relatives to come, and I did great. Then the then the following open mic, I did a joke about how I could uh, I forget I totally forgot what it was about. <laughs> but anyways, I bombed. And that was the last time I asked my relatives to come to anything. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Who was there? Uh, my your aunt mom? and my uncle. Yeah, not your mom and dad? No, well, because they live in Tucson. So. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, but. And then I've been doing comedy consistently ever since. So what are the show? What, you run the Spinelli show? Yeah. Plug it. What, when is it? And, and it's uh, it's every Thursday at the Spinelli's on Mill, four twenty South Mill. Is that Pizza Place in Tempe? Yes, Pizza Place. Uh, it's at nine thirty. Uh, yeah, every Thursday. Who is that? A book show? Open mic? Sign it's up? It's a book show. Uh, the book show starts at nine thirty, and then there's an open mic after the book show. Nice. How long have you been doing that? Uh, like a year. Oh, much. nice. Yeah. A year. You remember Mike Kennedy? Mm, no, I might if I know him by sight. Uh, he looks like Jesus. <laughs> no? Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I started it with him, then he moved. Oh, wait. Yes, yes, I do know him. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he moved back to Wisconsin. So I basically just took it over. Yeah. And I've been doing it. So... Yeah, that's the story behind that. So, where where are you going with your comedy? Do you want you do you anticipate you see this going uh, full time? Is this something that you think you can do as a as a sole income? Uh, I hope. I hope. Yeah, that's what I hope. Yeah, that's your goal. Yeah, that's my goal. We, what kind of when you? Like we were talking before we plugged in. I mean, I've I've dabbled with it a little bit. I'd like to uh, get a little more serious about it, but. For me, and that's why I don't think, that's why I think it's taken so long for me to do this because it's not, I, I want to do it, I want to get back on stage more to, as a way to, to hone my skills for other aspects of my life, whether it be for the podcast, get more comfortable talking on mic or through the radio show I do, things like that and expand that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just in talking with a lot of you guys, a lot of the, the comics through Phoenix and the ones that come through town from all over the country, it's it's like a calling for most people. It's like they have, like you were saying, you know, you 
do just about anything for five minutes of stage time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like five stage stage time is like money to a comic. It's it's like that with me for photography. I mean, photography's been my bread and butter. I've made it's been my my income and my profession for this is my thirty eighth year doing it. Wow, been a long time, and I've had sometimes where I just got so burnt out, I put the cameras down. Uh, the longest time was about three years, four years, and I just I can't get away from it. It's something that I, if I'm not doing photography, I am miserable, and it makes the people around right. me miserable. Um, one uh, one thing that was I read that so I heard somewhere that a fan, a newly comic, uh, tweeted. Chad Daniels, and was like, "Hey, I want, I'm an aspiring comic. Blah, you know, do you have any advice for me?" And he said, "Find something else that makes you happy besides comedy." And I found that very, like, yeah, you should. Like, yeah, um, you know, photography is a hobby of mine, and I go through phases of it. Yeah, you've got an excellent eye, by the way. Oh, thanks. I love looking at your work. Um, so yeah, and it's true. Like, I love. When I get in the zone, like, like if I get a camera in my hand, it's hard for me to put it down. Yeah. Because I'm like, all right, I took this one. I can find a different picture or do this one from a different angle. You know how comics do it in, like, yeah. at mics in New York or something? They always do it from a different angle. Then they go to another mic. Then work at a different way and stuff. Yeah. I'm like that with photography. And so, yeah, I, just, I, I feel like I need to start taking pictures more because you know I, f I feel the same with um uh comedy sometimes like it just kills me sometimes where i have to take a break but i don't want to take a break yeah you know i can see that with me i've i've been a a fan of stand-up and of comedy of all kinds i mean since i was a little kid i mean as a you know even before i was in school but way back when when the world was black and white before color TV, uh, I mean watching like the uh, you know Tonight Show with my dad when he'd get off work, yeah. Not even understanding what was going on, you know. I was four, five, six years old. I remember just sitting on his lap. He'd be sitting there drinking a cup of coffee after where he worked nights. Yeah. So he'd get off work like at ten, eleven o'clock, come home, fire up his Pall Mall no filters in the living room, <laughs> smoking a cigarette, drinking a cup of coffee. And we'd watch the news. Like this would be like before I was in school, so I didn't have to get up, or like during summer vacation. This was before school, and you remember it? Yeah. I, well, I, I what I remember is not necessarily what was going on. I remember the atmosphere of me sitting on my dad's lap. Well, I mean, you remember cigarette smoke. Yeah, you remembered what kind of cigarettes he. Was well, he smoking. smoked them for years. That's oh, why. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that was his. That was his. And then, then just before he quit smoking. He cut back by going to uh, marble filters. <laughs> but he, uh, you know, I, I, certain senses get clicked. The smell of coffee to this day reminds me of my dad. When I smell somebody's uh, clothes that, you know, from, you know, when they're smoking, it, it just clicks something that that, you know, because my dad was a lifelong smoker. He started when he was like 12 or 13. Um, but he, uh, you know, he'd sit there and watch, we'd watch the news and then we would watch The Tonight Show, Johnny Carson at the time. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, I watched a documentary of Carson uh, the other day on Hulu. And uh, it it's amazing how how that man influenced a whole generation of men in this country from the way they dressed, uh, his Carson's mannerisms. I mean, we knew probably 10 of my friends growing up, their dads were like doing imitations of Carson. That's what they did from the, you know, the plaid jackets. They all smoked. They all had that little click of the, the head, you know, like Carson did the little nervous ticks. And my dad was the same way. I mean, that was a whole generation of men in America were basically all doing Carson because he was that big of an influence on people. But I remember watching the comics and not even understanding what they were doing, just knowing that they were funny. And I enjoyed watching them. And then, you know, that was a whole time frame of uh, afternoon talk shows too. Mike Douglas... I remember. I remember watching uh, Richard Pryor on the Mike Douglas show and the Merv Griffin show, and just loving watching comics. Not ever having a, a thinking that I would want to do that, but just enjoyed watching them. Same, yeah, same with me. I never thought about like, hey, I, I might want to try that. My my favorite portions of those shows wasn't even watching the stand up. It was watching them panel, sitting on the couch after, talking. And that was always my favorite portion of the show was when they would sit there after their bits and just talk to the host, not knowing now, because now I'm pretty much addicted to, to podcasts. I love listening to them. But the vast majority of the ones I listen to are hosted by comedians. Hold your... Hold your uh, A little closer? Yeah. Or like, move, when you turn your head, turn the mic too. I'll level it later. <laughs> sound engineer get them headphones off <laughs> but uh i would uh i enjoyed watching the the segments when they would just talk after and in my eyes that's kind of what podcasts are now yeah. they're they're the the conversation after the bits those are the ones i enjoy most one of my favorites is uh is greg fitzsimmons he's coming to uh tempe improv in december in a couple of weeks actually oh, yeah. i'm gonna try and go but that's um, he's one of my favorites to listen to. Uh, Steve Simone, like we talked about, Good Time Show is one of my favorites. Uh, I love um, that's Deep Bro. Like is Christina, that Christina? Yeah, Christina Przinsky. Yeah, and I, li- I I like it because it's not comedy. She's yeah. a comedian that goes deep into issues yeah. that everyone has, and I think that's awesome because there's to me there's not I don't know. It's just, it grabs, like, I mean, Joe Rogan, he does the same, but he goes on for a long time, yeah. and he's, he's kind of intense on his I'm subject. afraid to start listening to, to the Joe Rogan experience for no, that reason. That? Because they're, so you know, they're four hours long, and I love long podcasts. Ari Shafir's, when his go two and a half, three hours, uh, Kreischer's, when he goes, well, well Bert Kreischer's, you know, basically it's 45 minutes of a Blue Apron commercial yeah. followed by a podcast. But well, he's funny. He's, I, I really enjoy his show. But I like the long ones. And Rogan is like the king of those. And everybody that I listen to praise Rogan as being 
the one of the best, if not the best, podcast out there. And that's what I'm afraid of because every once in a while I'll catch clips on YouTube or or I'll specifically watch a bit or a segment with somebody that I enjoy watching. And I could see myself if I started listening to Rogan uh, on a regular basis. Yeah. I would probably not leave the house for months because uh-huh. I would just fall down that rabbit hole and that would be all I would do. My phone would just be jam-packed with podcasts. Of it's like your binge-watch. Uh, yeah, binge exactly. Listening. I'm an addictive personality to begin with. So Yeah, that's that's how I am with, like, uh, WoW, World of Warcraft. Because like, I was into <laughs> video games and my degree's in video games. Where, where'd you go to school? Uh, ITT Tech. Yeah. <laughs> you know that school that yeah. went bankrupt? On TV? Yeah. <laughs> So that's great. That's cool. So, what when you say your degree in video games? What in in what designing or what? Yeah, digital entertainment and game design. And what'd you do with that? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. Me and my friend started making the game, but he uh, has a girlfriend and he does, works whoa, on whoa, the railroad. A video game designer with a girlfriend. I know, weird, right? Yeah, I thought but that that's like a unicorn. He uh, you don't see those in nature. He um, he works for Pacific Union, and he was stationed up here. Pacific, is it the railroad? Yeah. Ah. And so he was stationed in Phoenix, and I live in Mesa. So he would come by my house. We'd work on the game, blah blah blah. Because he lives in in uh, Tucson. Yeah. So then he got stationed in California, and then all that stopped. Oh. Like we kind of lost touch and stuff, um. And so that's how. We just kind of stopped working what, on the game. What was your plan going to ITT? What? What? I had no plan. I was just like, all right, I need to go to college, whatever. So then I started going to college. Then I got a surgery done. I started going to Pima down in Tucson. Then I got a surgery done. Then I got a grant for school because of my disability. Yeah. So I started going to ITT Tech. I got my associates, and then I was like, this, st- this is stupid, because I could go to Pima, learn. What's Piedmont? I'm not Pima familiar. is a community college. Whereabouts? Uh, in Tucson. Tucson? And, okay. uh, you know, I was like, I could go to Pima and learn the same stuff for less. Yeah. But my, I told my the people that gave me the grant and whatever, and they are like, no, if you switch... We're not paying for it. Ah. So I was like, I mean, all right, if you want to pay $90,000 for four Man. years, go ahead. I don't care. I mean, I'm probably not going to do anything with it anyways. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I just so that, that was what the grant was for? Yeah. ninety grand. Yeah. Man. Apparently, I uh, I wrote this letter on about uh, how... Wait, wait, wait. Apparently, you wrote a letter? I don't remember doing it, <laughs> but my parents told me, and uh, I wrote think, this letter. you think letter. your mom wrote it for you? Yeah, it could have been. But I wrote <laughs> this letter to, they're called vocational rehab, and they yeah. help people with disabilities either do job training or go to school. And so I chose to go to school. And so apparently I wrote him a letter. I kind of remember doing it because I'm telling you what it's about. So apparently I did it. <laughs> maybe, or maybe you just read it. <laughs> but uh, I wrote him a letter about how I have a disability. And, I, you know, I have a physical disability. And I can't do a lot of stuff. Yeah. And that's why I want to go to school for video games. Because when I, can, when I play video games, I can do these things I can't do in real life. Gotcha. 
So, uh, you know, it, fucking, it was touching, apparently, and they gave me the grant. And so, yeah, I went to school, and they paid for it every... I didn't have to pay anything. Nice. Well, what, and, and what's your disability? Uh, muscular dystrophy. What... Um, what, what, educate me on that. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I know, I used to do work <laughs> for, uh, March of Dimes. I don't know who that is. Should I know? Do, do you know, do you know I don't know a whole lot about my disability. But what <laughs> yeah, I will Jerry tell Lewis you. Telethon? Oh, I know Jerry. Yeah, yeah, he's my dad. It's, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, he but, died. No. I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your father. But, but uh. I used to photograph the, uh, the telethon. Okay. Every year. Okay. <laughs> but, uh. So the only thing I know is there's like 300 different kinds. Oh, and the wow. worst kind is Duchenne. Did you ever watch? You know who Jim Jeffries is, right? Yeah. You ever watch Legit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. His buddy? Yeah, yeah. His friend had uh, Duchenne, which is the worst kind yeah. of MD. You see signs at age six. By age eight, you're in leg braces. By age 10, you're in crutches. Uh, no, it's the other way around. Age eight, you're in crutches. Age ten, you're in leg braces. I don't know, it's something like that. It just gets progressively right. Age, but pretty quick though. Right. Age eighteen, you're in a wheelchair. Wow. Uh, the life expectancy is, I think, twenty-five. Wow. And the only reason I know that is because. I found out that they're using, they were, they were experimenting with Viagra to improve that disability because it, it uh, keeps the blood flow. It, right? Improve the disability or just improve the quality of life while you're sick? Uh, you know, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it, it's, you know, they're, they're Circulation experimenting with yeah. it. Right. And, um, so that's how I know about that. Well, we're, um, we're rooming together, uh, this weekend. You're not, you're not, uh, Planning on experimenting this weekend, are you? No. Okay, good. Just no, checking. I'm not. You're not in that in that beta testing. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was gonna have to book another room. Um. <laughs> to be honest, we don't we don't actually know what kind of MD I have. We we have just done the process of elimination and narrowed it down to like four. Now, when when I mean, is this something that you? were born with is it something when did when uh, did your family first i was become aware i was born with it probably we don't know yeah i was diagnosed at age two two okay that's why i say i was probably born with it yeah. um i was so skinny that my parent because my parents were vegetarian too and this was in the early 90s when people had no idea what md was and they thought like being a vegetarian was like why would you do that to yourself? You know, why would you treat your body like that? So pe- my parents were afraid that CPS was going to take me away because I was so skinny. And uh. so they thought my parents were like not feeding me when really I just had a disability that people didn't know about. My, my, uh, my, there's some people that would be like, you know what you got to do is just feed them ice cream and steak <laughs> and, and stuff. And he'll just beef right up. He'll get muscle. And you'll have no no worries about that disability. It'll be gone. Because, you know, everyone knows about shit you have. Yeah. So better than you. So, so yeah, there was, I mean, I, I was a, as skinny as I am right now, I was a, I was a pretty fat baby. <laughs> now, so 
what what kind of how did it manifest itself when you were growing up? What what were some of the things that that you had to do that other kids didn't, or or the other way around? When did it start impacting you at school and things like that? Uh, From the get go, I remember. I remember in like second grade, me and this other boy liked this girl. I remember her name was Ariel. I think it was Ariel. And uh, I, I I go, hey, I said something like, hey, why don't you like me or some something? And at the time, she was on this the other boy's shoulder. And she was like, because you can't do this. <laughs> and, uh, like, I mean, it didn't really bother me because I was a kid at the time. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there's that. I can't, I can't really run. You know, if I run, it's kind of like a brisk walk. Uh, I had a tricycle when I was a kid. Hmm. I didn't have a bicycle. I had a tricycle. Um... I mean, that's pretty, yeah, I just, I couldn't run. I couldn't really, like, roughhouse or anything. I swear there was a time where my mom, I, I wanted to play soccer, and the teacher said something like, your mom doesn't want you to play soccer or something. But I, I've asked her, and she's like, I didn't say that. Oh. I'm sure she's lying. That was but, the, <laughs> the teacher just not wanting to take responsibility if you got hurt. <laughs> it could, yeah, that could have been it. That could have been the case. Um... Yeah, that's, you know, that's it, I guess. Nothing. So how how does it, how's it affecting you now? I mean, as far as... Well, I live with my grandpa and I live on the second story, so that, that kind of sucks because I have to climb them yeah. every day. But at the same time, because whenever I have to walk upstairs, it's kind of like, yeah, I hate this, but it's also like exercise. Yeah. You know, uh, I walk on the treadmill, I do calf raises... Um, I swim from time to time, like I don't know, like five times a year. Huh. <laughs> um, it's it affects me. I carry a stool around because a lot of, a lot of places have elevated stages. Obviously, that's why it's a stage, <laughs> and uh, it's too high for me to get up on. So I have to take a step and put it there to get up on it. And it always amazes me when I when I've known someone for like six months and they see me with my step and they're like, "What's that? Why do you need a step?" And they don't get that. They can't. They just thought you were drunk every time they saw you. Yeah, I've gotten that. <laughs> uh, I've got. I've been uh, not let into bars because they thought I was drunk. <laughs> one time, yeah, there was one time when uh, I have to. That's happened to me too. But well, I were was you drunk? drunk? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there was one time when they told me not to go, and I was like, "All right, whatever, I'll leave." Apparently, my sister was upset, but I don't, I don't care. Then another time, this guy was like, "Hey, I think you've had too much to drink," and then I was like, "Dude, I have, a, I have a disability." And then at that point, he was like, "Yeah, I've heard this. Shit. Just go in. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to look stupid like in front yeah. of these people or something." Just going. Uh, so I went in. I was fine. I had like maybe one or two. Um, I got pulled over coming back from House Comedy in Phoenix. And uh, I got pulled over. I had Rob maybe and Dustin Rounds in the car with me. 
and I got pulled over and this cop is like, first off, apparently I didn't go get all the way off the road. So he had to radio out of his car and be like, hey, get all, like, pull all the way over. So first off, it's not looking good. <laughs> but he comes up to the car and go, and first thing he goes, he goes, hey, I think you're DUI. Get out. I want you to take the test. So I go, okay. So as I'm getting out, I'm telling this cop, I go, hey, I have a physical disability. Uh, I can't do all this stuff you want me to do because I gives me bad balance and he goes okay um what do you have and i go i have muscular dystrophy and at, right out of the gate he goes oh no problem i know exactly what that is which was complete <laughs> bullshit. i was just gonna say nobody does <laughs> yeah because because like i have it and i don't even know what it is i just know it makes me weak so like that's not true so he goes okay go stand over there i'm gonna go back to my car you know to regroup or whatever which he was probably googling it <laughs> to find out what it was or something because I just eliminated like 90% yeah. of the test so he comes back you know and he you know has the pen with the light on it and he goes follow this pen and he does that for a while because he has to make sure like I gotta make it seem like I'm doing something yeah. and this is all I can do so I'm gonna do it for like three minutes a long time so he does it for a while then he points the pen at me and goes open your mouth <laughs> I mean so I mean I don't know maybe this is routine or something but so I open my open mouth your mouth yeah and he's in there for like a, <laughs> again he's in there for a good like Checking two for minutes or what <laughs> and he goes uh, when was the last time you had spicy food what? Go, yeah <laughs> right and uh, I'm, I'm like, um, never. I hate, well, I was like, I don't know. I hate spicy food, though. And I go, why? And he goes, because you have these white bumps on your tongue. And that either means you've been drinking what? or you've I've had never... spicy food. Or you have herpes. And I, I, I took a second and I, was, I thought about it and I was like, uh, do you mean my taste buds? <laughs> and, and then he was like, oh, yeah. I forgot those never were in mind. there. Yeah, never mind. And you so, have these little white blocks in your mouth. Yeah. You mean my teeth? Yeah, you got these two things in the back of your tongue, you know, on your esophagus. That's weird. They look like two punching bags, you know, so those, those are weird. I don't know. But then he just, he let, he, uh, he, uh, he let me, you know, so he it, let me go with a warning. It sounds like your real disability is that you're a bad driver. Yeah, I've been told that. <laughs> They're like, actually, I told my mom not too long ago because I told her, like, the 101 or the 10 or something is under, like, the worst top 10 highways to drive on yeah. or something. And I was kind of like, you know, because I, I kind of have a delay on when I hit the brake because of my yeah. disability. And I'm like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised I've never been in an accident yeah. on, the, on, this, on the 10 or whatever. And so now she's thinking... So when are you going to realize you should stop driving because your disability is getting too progressive? And I'm like, Mom, that was a fucking joke. Like, I wasn't being serious on, like, I might die. I was just trying to make a little joke. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. So is it getting progressively It slowly, yeah. slowly gets progressive. But, I mean, you know, it's... 
you know, that's that's we're all like that though. We're all progressively getting worse and worse. Yeah. For me, it's gravity. Yeah, that's mine too. <laughs> um, this uh, the way I describe my disability sometimes is I'm a I'm a fat person and a skinny person's body because <laughs> like I have a hard time going upstairs and getting up. When I fall down, I fall down hard and kind of fast. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I can't run that, you know, I can't run and stuff. So, yeah, that's how I describe it. So what do you do now work-wise? Uh, I, <laughs> I work for pe- people with disabilities. Autism. Uh, it's a, it's yeah. a place called Seeds for Autism. And since I have a disability, I've been doing this my whole life. I kind of just fell into it. Which is weird because people with disabilities piss me off because they just, they constantly complain about shit. Constantly. And I hate it. Because when I run into people that I can do something and they can't, that blows my mind. Because I have the biggest reason not to do something. And it's just... Like, uh, when, yeah, I, I read something, like, there's some vi- stupid video on Facebook that said, that was like, it was about how, uh, our society's lazy and that our education sucks and whatever. And it's something like, uh, uh, two thirds of Americans don't know how to sew on a button. And I was like, that's, how, how is that possible? I feel, I mean, is that not shocking to you? No, it's kind it, of shocking it, well, to me. Because, like, at the place that I go, work at, Seeds for Autism, we teach job-related skills yeah. for people with autism. Like, practical job-related skills. Yeah. We're, we're turning. We have sewing. We have weaving. We have metals. You know, we make some people with autism weld and use a hammer and use the forge and stuff. Ceramics. Uh, I'm the computer instructor. We have like a home goods department where we make soap and oh, wow. and uh, chapstick and tea and stuff like that. So the other day, my comfort I ripped my comforter, and it was one of the ones that actually had like feathers in them. Yeah. So like there like kind of, there's some feathers that came out and went on over my room, but within five minutes I took out my sewing kit and I was sewing it back together. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people would be like, oh, f*** it's broken. Like, I'll just buy a new one. And I just, no, fix your s***. Like, don't just give up. So. Yeah, I'm amazed at, because I do a lot of, I I do, and I have for a number of years, do a lot of work with schools. Yeah. You know, doing photos at them, shooting teams and sports and stuff. And I, I remember being very shocked and this is several, quite a few years ago, I want to say late 80s, early 90s, when I was coming in contact with kids who couldn't tell time on anything but a digital clock. Yeah. And to me, that was that was astounding. My nephew, the guy who's now 30, 31, 32, I don't know how old he is. Uh, but I remember when he was like in junior high. Right. I, and he uh, couldn't tell time looking at a regular clock. My shocking moment was when I was outside of a comedy club and the the bar the the per- kid taking the ID he was 21 
you know, checking IDs and stuff. Yeah. And I go, hey, uh, I totally forgot his name. But I go, hey, man, that guy looks like Larry Bird. And he goes, who's Larry Bird? Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, dude, you have a peanut. How would you not know who Larry... Like, I don't listen to classical music, but I still know who Frank Sinatra is. It's not classical. <laughs> it's not classical? No. Piano, whatever. Classical God damn would be it. like Beethoven. I just, <laughs> I just, Sinatra's just old music. I just made myself look really... F- <laughs> Dude, don't crash the car from laughing so I much. I pulled over. I knew a guy. You're talking about getting pulled over. I knew a guy. He used to drink so much yeah, and drive so much. He just carried a cane with him in his car, one that he bought at a Goodwill store. <laughs> so if he got pulled over, he'd grab it from the back seat and get out and go, I can't, you know, I can't do the the walk a straight line. I can't do the balance. I, I got a bum hip. And he would, <laughs> that was his Did excuse. that work? It did a few times. Uh-huh. But yeah, he would just care. This is the same guy who, uh, whenever he moved, when he had to move different places, he would go scout them out first, like different apartments and stuff. Yeah. Because he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't do anything. He had to go upstairs, because he was just anticipating. No, I'll be coming home too drunk. I'm not going to be able to make it up them stairs. Oh yeah, that's. that's uh, I got to be able to park somewhere close by so I remember where I parked. That was his whole his whole his whole deal. Is he would build his life around him being drunk and how he would maneuver his life around. That's awesome. It's like, oh my goodness. You know, when I go to the mics, the the. The thing I'm worried about the most is how I'm going to get up on stage. Really? And in comics go, that's, uh, you're pretty lucky. You're like, how is that the only thing you're worried about is getting on stage? Like, I'm worried about being funny and stuff, but you're over here, and the only thing you're worried about is getting on stage. And so a lot of, and then also a lot of comics, they find it baffling how I can go to a club and not drink. They're like, how does that even happen? Because a lot of them just, they'll have like three beers or something. You know, I've heard, I've talked to a lot of different comics and heard a lot of them talking about, you know, there's some who, there's some guys who just build their whole night around, not, not even, you know, getting just blasted, but, you know, having a drink, carrying one on stage, having one beer between shows or whatever. But, uh, then the, you know, and, and I I could see that you know just as a little relaxation or or just kind of being being in the mood of being in the club kind of thing. Right. And then there's others who say, and they're not they're not not even sober guys. It's just about no, I'm I'm I don't drink at the club because that's where I'm going to work. Right. Do you you know you're an accountant? Do you have a cocktail sitting on your desk during the workday? Right. This is my job. I so yeah. I, I don't you know I don't. I, uh, to each his own, I guess. But yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, at uh, Big Pine uh, this year, I, I went up drunk, and I was so I was kind of disappointed in yeah. myself because uh, when when they asked me, I was like, "Yeah, I can go up. I can still do this." And then I got up there, and I was like, oh, "I can't." What show was it? It was at uh, uh, where'd you do your photo shoots? Was that, that South Side? South Side, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. it was there. It that was, was a cool little spot. Yeah, it was a cool little spot. Have, have you been up at uh, Fire? Is it Fire Creek? Yeah, I've Coffee? been up there. Those stairs. I was going to say, how's that stage? The first time I went up, you know, it's weird. I uh, I was I didn't get accepted to the festival, which I didn't care about, but um, 
Uh, the, uh, Big Pine, they shot a comedy uh, calendar that they yeah. sold at the festival. I was in the calendar. Oh, you were in it? I was in it. <laughs> so I was on the calendar. What, what month? Uh, February. Me and my friend Joe, we did a Lady in the Tramp thing. We both dressed Joe... up as dogs. Again, Jammy. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, what's his podcast? Uh, the Drunk Barroom Heroes? Uh, yeah, some, I don't know. <laughs> With <laughs> Kevin. Kevin Elliott. Elliot. Yeah, yeah. And, uh. I met him for the first time down at, down there this year. I've I've been hooked up with him on Facebook. Who Kevin? No, uh, well, yeah, Ke- no, I've met Kevin before, but Joe, first time I ever met him. I love that guy, man. Dude, he's solid guy. I love Joe. He's awesome. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. So uh, you guys are in February doing Lady in the Tramp. Yeah, we both dressed up as dogs, <laughs> and his wife made fake spaghetti. So she put yarn and Jello, and it looked like real spaghetti. Why did you use spaghetti? I don't know. She didn't want to waste spaghetti <laughs> so or something. She wasted yarn but, instead. But anyways, uh, so we, they had uh, a show for all the people in the calendar, which I was on the show. Yeah. I think I was the only one that was the only one in the cal- like on that show that wasn't accepted to the festival. Uh. So it was just kind of weird how I wasn't accepted to the festival, but I was on a show in the festival. Interesting. I, I don't know. What now? You were there. Did you? How, how many years have you gone to Big Pine? Two. I was accepted the first year. The first year. Yeah, and then this year I wasn't accepted. Weren't you? Were you not on the second year? No, because this I, well, was the third. No. Oh well, then I, it was second and third. Then second and third. You didn't yeah. go to the first. No. Okay. Yeah. That's because uh, I was there second and third as well. I was trying to go to the first to do pictures with, you know, Ryan. Ryan and I had talked Stalder. But yeah. I, I wasn't able to make it. I had a conflict on schedule. Um, loved them both years, but this year was was quite a bit different. I enjoyed well, you, it a lot as far as the workshops and stuff. Yeah, you know, it, it was uh, it was uh, different people. Yeah, doing Jack it, and Hillary. It, yeah, yeah, and, but it was uh, it was. I was very impressed. Not to take anything away from how Ryan did it, because it was an excellent show. He had great people helping him out. And organized, including Jack and Hillary, but uh, it was basically performance, a uh, lot of good hangs, some great parties, but it was just a lot of shows, a lot of stage time, and the way Jack and Hillary, well, Hillary specifically, and Jack, of course, helping yeah. out, and John Carden, we mentioned him earlier. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the folks that were helping out uh, and organizing it, the the way it was presented with workshops, social media workshops. Uh, Brant Tobler, who we're going to see this weekend, yeah, he did his podcasting one with Ari Manis and Kevin Elliott. They did it together, the three of them. But there was just so much content. Instead of just a great place to hang, great place to get some good stage time and some great shows, which they had that as well. I felt just as an outsider watching it, you know, not not a comic watching it. I thought there was so much more that the comics were able to take away from it. Yeah, and the way they opened it up too to any comic in the uh, in fe- in the Arizona to be able to go in as well and 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 have entrance to the festival. Yeah, I uh, I talked to Jack and I was like, it's really cool. Like I was talking about like, you know, like work or whatever, and he's like, oh, it's mainly Hillary. Like yeah. she's just 
organized and all this stuff. And so, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from Jack. I'm no. just saying that, that that's what he told no, me. No, and he's the first to admit she's got such great vision, but you can't, right. you can't implement that if you don't have people that you could trust to oversee that and to make sure it happens. And Jack was, I mean, the trust she has in Jack, obviously not just from the festival, but just in general. personal life and everything in general. I've sat and talked to both of them. I had Jack on the show before, but uh, just the, the his follow through was incredible. I felt bad because we were up late, late that Friday night uh, back at the room, and I set the set my alarm because I had to be at Southside to do those pictures Saturday morning. I was supposed to be there at ten thirty to start shooting at eleven, or no. I was supposed to be there at 10 to start shooting at 10.30. Hey, there's Kingman. You got to yeah. pee? Uh, you got to stop? You got to pee? No. Oh, no you know I'm just what? saying because that's why people go to pee. We can hit Kingman. the gas station. No, I don't have to do anything. I was just saying that's yeah. why people go to Kingman is to pee. <laughs> that's and then, the only reason? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I was rooming with Paul Goebbels, and uh, I crash out at probably 4.30. And, uh, <laughs> You're saying that like it's early, I feel like. I, no, I, no, I was up way too late. And I set my alarm for like 9.30. At least you remember when you went to bed well, and getting home. <laughs> no, I was fine. We were. I wasn't partying. I was just, we were just up. We were talking. We went in a, a very late uh, jack-in-the-box run at the 24-hour jack-in-the-box down the street. There's a... There's a, uh, like... Uh, uh, Primus? Prim- is a hot dog place down there. Oh, that, south side. right next to south oh, side. Oh, my no, God. I, I, was staying, I was staying on the other, side of, uh, the other side of town. Oh. We were at the Days Inn. And, we, uh, we were at the America's Inn. Oh, America's, that. yeah. America's Greatest or something. Was that the hostel? No. It, no? It was, uh, it's, it's some hotel. Oh, Am- nice. America's Best. America's Best, I think. So, um, my phone rings. And I'm thinking I just fell asleep. And I look, and it's Jack. I go, why is Jack calling me at 5 o'clock in the morning? And then it goes to voicemail. I figure, well, I'll just wait and see a voicemail because he might have butt-dialed me or something. Right. And the room's all dark, so I'm thinking it's, you know, I, I'm thinking I just got I just fell asleep. A few minutes later, the phone rings again. It's Jack. I answer the phone. He goes, hey, uh, are you on your way down? And I look at the clock. It was 1045. <laughs> I was like, yep, yeah, I'm on my way. We, I got, yeah, that's when you were out there too. We were out there shooting the pictures. Yeah. And, uh, we got caught up within a half hour, so it wasn't a big deal, but I felt bad because he's running around like crazy, making sure everything runs right. And I'm, I should be like the last thing he has to worry about. <laughs> yeah. You really fed up there. <laughs> nah, it was all right. I, uh, I don't remember how I got home Friday night. <laughs> I, I don't. I uh, let's see. I think I was at Green Room. No, actually, I don't know where I was. Maybe I was at Green Room, and then someone was like, "Yeah, I remember you getting into like a a, a cab or something." So I looked. I I took a lift. So I looked at my phone, and I I was and my uh, I looked at the lift driver's name. I forget who he was. And uh, so I had the Lyft driver, like, the the following night. So I kind of had to piece back, like, 
hey man, how drunk? Oh, you had w-? the same guy? Yeah, the next night. So I was like, hey man, how drunk was I last night? And he was like, uh, uh like a six. I don't know. I just thought you had MS. That's <laughs> MS. <laughs> a lot of people get that confused, <laughs> but it's MD. I <laughs> okay. I've been yeah. But uh, so I kind of had to piece back, like the hangover, you know, I had to find <laughs> clues backwards. and sh- And uh, I was rooming with Ben Anderson. And He's then, a funny guy too. Yeah, and then Jeremy Ditto came up later. And he was sleeping on, on our floor. And so he was like, yeah, we came back that night and you were just passed out on the floor. You had two empty beds next <laughs> to you. But you were passed out on the floor. And then Jeremy's like, and then we got you and put you in the bed. But I was thinking, like, hey, there's a bed right here. I could just sleep in the bed. I mean, you're already passed out on the floor. <laughs> Why do we have to pick you up and put you in the bed? Why couldn't I just sleep in the bed? And so, That's yeah, that funny. was that was my... It was actually kind of scary. Where, where are we at on time there? Uh, 50 minutes. Oh, jeez. All right, we'll wrap it up. Let's we? Uh, plug up where again. Talk about Spinelli's. Where other? What other places people can see you? Um, and uh, the re- and, the rest stop in Kingman because <laughs> I'm about to pee. <laughs> but that's that's not a free gig. That's a pay. Uh, let's see. There's an admission cost there. Um, and then your social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. So December fourteenth, I'm going to be at Crescent Ballroom on this week sucks oh, tonight nice. at eleven. On, it's on a Thursday, every yeah, Thursday, Thursday at Crescent. Every Thursday at Crescent. Uh, on December 28th, that's also a Thursday at 7.30. I'm going to be at Third Space. Uh, December 12th, I think. No, December 19th, I'm going to be at House of Comedy. Doing the... Nice. doing Yeah, I'm going to be there. Uh, yeah, Spinelli's every Thursday at 9.30. And Social then, media, Instagram. Uh, Justin Tijan. Uh, Spell your last name, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> T-I-E-T-J-E-N. And how many other Justin Tijans are there? Dude, I met one in L.A. not too long no, ago. No, there's, there's, there's a few on Facebook. Yeah, I, yeah, one's a friend of mine. And he asked me, and he goes, hey, man, what's, your last, what's the nationality of your last name? And I was always told it was Dutch. So I was like, it's Dutch. But I, I was like, I don't really know. And so he said it was Norwegian. His was isn't Norwegian. That the same thing? I, I don't, it's like MS and MD. It's the same thing, isn't it? So, so now it's, told me once. So time. now it's Norwegian, I guess. <laughs> until I find out it's something else. <laughs> but yeah, I also have a Justin Tijan on friends on Facebook that I've never really talked to. Besides, what nationality is your last name? <laughs> and then I met one in LA, a Jack Tijan. And that oh, was that. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be fun. Uh, I love seeing Brant Tobler perform. I love his storytelling. I'm going to plug in and, uh, and talk with him at some point. I don't know what his schedule is going to be like. Let's yeah, do we have any plans? Huh? Other than that, do we have any plans no, of doing no, anything? No, I'm, I will figure out when we get there like i said if he's uh depending on what his schedule's like we'll either record to the, tonight or tomorrow okay and uh he's performing both nights i figure we try and hang out both oh, or not it'd be matter. awesome it's all uh, it's all loose uh i would love to go to 
Brad's place. Yeah. yeah. And then he wanted some pictures too, so that'll be cool. All right. Well, Justin, thanks. We're about ready to pull over and pee. This is the uh, the uh, uh, Route 66 version of my show. All right. We'll probably plug in at some point later. Well, that was it. That was 160 with Justin Tejan on the road on I-40 and Route 66 on our way to Vegas. Hope you enjoyed it again. I apologize for the lateness of the episode, so disregard those shows at The Crescent and at House of Comedy AZ in Phoenix because they... uh, they have already passed, but don't forget, every Thursday night at 9.30 at Spinelli's Pizza on Mill Avenue, you can catch Justin's show, the one that he produces, with some of the best in local comedians and an open mic to follow. That's Spinelli's every Thursday at 9.30 p.m. in Tempe. Uh, and follow Justin on his Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages so you can... Uh, find out uh, what's going on in Mr. Tejan's life and where he's on stage and behind the mic. Don't forget, please use that Amazon link at milehighshow.com. It's a way that we can pay for things like these trips, these road trips, and uh, and get out and interview the local artists and uh, performers that, uh, that we feature on this show. Also on milehighshow.com, is a link for Audible, where you can get a free audio download, uh, a choice from over 180,000 titles, everything from novels, books, lectures, magazine articles, podcasts, uh, original comedy content. You can use the code MILEHIGH at checkout and get a free download and a free 30-day subscription just by using that code MILEHIGH at checkout at audible.com. Don't forget our BarkBox link as well. You can get free treats for your furry friends. And uh, remember, happy pets make happy homes. Use that BarkBox link at milehighshow.com so that we don't have to show up at your house and borrow money. Thanks, Justin, for sitting down with me and making that road trip, and we will talk at you soon. Get your kicks on 66.